Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Great, great. Much better than either yesterday or the day before. <laughs> Very good. How Very about good. you? Yes, I'm well as well. The eagle-eared listener, the hawk-eared, what, what has good hearing? Fox-eared. Uh, the, the cats, good cats have got really good. No dogs. Okay. A dogs. A dogs hearing better than cats. I think. Okay. The dog-eared listener <laughs> doesn't uh, work. Does I it? I set you up there. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll have guessed from the speed of that opening that we're doing another one of our the Innsmouth Conspiracy Deluxe Unboxing slash First Look episodes. We've not called them First Looks because we're not going completely blind to these cards. But they're pretty much first looks. They're us sharing our first thoughts and musings and putting pins in lots of things that we want to come back to and explore and things like that. Yes. So, yeah. so we've got three left, which means one and two is Guardian, three and four is Seeker, and five and six is Mystic. You are rolling a D3. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling a D3. I've rolled a five, which is Mystic. Ooh. So here we go. I think it's your turn for the investigator card, Frank. So... Strikingly, I forgot to make this point as well. After Trish, every investigator in this box has two intellect. It's the two intellect box. Ah, interesting. So this is Dexter Drake, the magician. Five willpower, two intellect, three combat, two agility. Sorcerer and veteran traded. Free trigger during your turn. Discard an asset you control. Play an asset with a different title from your hand, reducing its cost by one. Limit once per round. Elder Sign effect, plus two, you may return an asset from your play area to your hand, then draw one card. Do you want to see true magic? Six health, eight sanity, 30 card deck size, and he's mystic rogue, five two split. Yeah, uh, that's Dexter. We've known about Dexter for a little while now, and mm. uh, I, I have played with him. Have you played with him? I have not yet, because my novella was delayed. We did a deck build as well on one of our patron live episodes for Dexter, or deck discussion rather, not deck build. Yeah, so so I say we, we very briefly talk about Dexter and then mm-hmm. jump on to, say, his signatures. Yeah, I think that's a good, good idea. Fundamentally, I think, well, I tell you what, what, what we've seen in this pack is already two cards which are a bit like an event ability strapped to an asset. Yes. We, we revealed the Sword King, which I guess yeah. we'll be talking about again very briefly in a yeah. few minutes. Uh, and we talked about Obfuscation the other day, mm. Mm. a few days ago, uh, which has got his face on it, even though it's a rogue card. Yes. So that suggests to me that he likes cheap assets that give him things that he can do in a pinch, particularly fast assets, because he can pull them down without spending the action, and then the following turn or later in the game, use his free trigger to get rid of them again without spending an action. Potentially you could get to a situation where you spend very few actions as Dexter actually playing cards. Yeah. And you just keep cycling them and have this weird... Yeah, he he likes assets that behave like events, basically, is the headline, isn't it? My gut feel is that he's going to be really strong. Yes. Five willpower in a mystic, super strong. It yeah. means you could just do the pure mystic normal thing and that would be fine. 
couple that with rogue tricksiness and with rogue resource generation and he can pay for all of this stuff be really good i also just really love the flavor that he's a veteran who discovered magic and now he is a professional magician but actually also a real magician and i have just finished reading his novella and i I like that part of it that it sort of leans into the how he he plays at being a magician and tries to hide the fact that he's actually a sorcerer which feels a bit a bit of a cheat have you have you ever read um, Good Omens? No, I haven't. No, no. it was one of my favourite books when I was a kid, and it it kind of it took me from Terry Pratchett, who I read a lot of, to Neil Gaiman, who I then read a lot of in my kind of mid teens. Mm. But one of the central characters is an angel, and he tries to learn like is it prestigitation? He tries he tries to learn like magic, <laughs> despite right. being an angel with the host of heavenly abilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like I think it, there's a bit where he's at a children's party and he accidentally kills a dove in his jacket oh, and nice. like crushes it, but because uh, he's meant to make it appear during a trick which he can't do, uh, oh, so okay. secretly after it he breathes life back into the dove <laughs> as an angel and then it flies off. Yeah, okay, so that that sums up nicely Dexter that Dexter's doing things like sleight of hand and obfuscation to sort of play around, but then he actually also has access to real magical power, whatever that is. Yeah, he seems super cool, basically. So let's go and take a look at these signatures. It's your yeah. turn to read. Yeah, and I, I've got no idea what these do, despite knowing mm. what he does. So first of all, we have sh- uh, showmanship in the art. I think he's holding the Mystic Cane. Yeah, yeah. This is a one-cost asset, and it has a combat, an agility, and a wild pip, and it is a talent. Dexter Drake deck only. Reaction. After an asset enters play under your control, until the end of the round, you get plus two to each of your skills while resolving a triggered ability on that asset. (laughs) Yeah. It seems pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. So the sword game comes into play and you then get a a baked-in boost, as it were, for using the sword cane. So the sword cane already it's it's a fight or an evade, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And you yeah. use your agility uh, your willpower instead of your agility or your combat. Yeah. So straight away you with showmanship, you're on you're on 7. Mhm. Mhm. Which is pretty good. 7 is a good start. Yeah. Yeah. So you also maybe drop in the shriveling and you start fighting or you drop in the clairvoyance and you start invest- investigating and you get that boost straight away. Because he also has access to rogue, you might be running rogue weapons. So if you're running, you know, drop in a Derringer or drop in the 0.25 Derringer. If you're shooting an evaded enemy, you suddenly get plus four. You've shoot at a seven. Does this give you a plus four with a lockpicks? You get plus two to each of your skills, yep. Yep, which that seems good. That gets him to a reasonable lockpicks level because he's currently a four. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Suddenly he's an eight. Yeah, he just flips him out. And then I think that I mean, I basically what you said. It seems pretty strong. The nice thing as well is that this is a cheap asset. Yes. So at worst, you're panicking. You just need a way of getting that final asset down. You can feed showmanship to your ability to get a new to new asset if you were really panicking. This this reinforces a style of play with Dexter where you play the tool you need at the beginning of your turn and use that on the turn. Yes, yeah. So so you use his ability to play the asset you need fast, especially if there's an enemy in play. Yeah. For instance, say you've there's, there's an enemy in play you want to fight 
I mean, this the, the plus two is for each test in the turn. So so a great turn, if you've got, say, a showmanship and then another cheap asset out, is you mm-hmm. pay two at the beginning of your turn to slap down a shriveling. Mm-hmm. You've got your showmanship, and then you do shrivel, 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 yep. plus two to each of the... each each shrivel, and then the shriveling is, you, you know, you've used up most of the charges on that, and then that becomes what you need for the card to play next turn. N- next turn, there are no enemies, and you just need to investigate hard. Yeah. So you actually replace the shriveling with a clairvoyance, and the shriveling's then in your discard pile, which is great. You move on, yeah. Actually then keeping, you, you, what you really just need is enough draw to get enough cards to have the tool in hand. Yeah. Yes, or some other ways of getting cards back from your discard. Yeah, whether that's something like a quantum flux or there was, um, is it prescience that brings a spell card back from your yeah discard? yeah if you guess correctly yeah, yeah which is a bit, maybe a bit harder to do but yeah I, I, certainly worth looking at some sort of recursion then or because this is a plus two lucky cigarette case yeah 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 that's very nice it's just helping you to keep drawing yeah okay and then his weakness is also an asset. This is Occult Scraps. It's a zero-cost asset. It's a weakness and item-treated. Occult Scraps cannot be played using a play action. While Occult Scraps is in your hand, you get minus two willpower. While Occult Scraps is in play, you get minus one willpower. So parsing that, it turns up in your hand and you're like, oh, I'm now only willpower three. Hmm. That means you have to use Dexter's ability to try and get it into play, getting rid of another asset. And now you're at minus one willpower. And then the following turn, you want to use Dexter's ability again to get rid of the scraps and play another asset over it. I think this is not bad, to be honest. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love the theme that it's something... So when it appears in his hand, it's obviously like something he's worried about. Yes. But it's, yeah. so, so like it looks like it's, it's some paperwork in a case. Yeah. So it's like he's got the case, but he hasn't opened it because he's too worried about it. He's like, oh, yeah. oh God, well, I should really do that at some point, but I, I don't want to. hanging over him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he opens it, and actually it's not as bad as he thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah. minus two before you, you open that case and have a look inside, and then it's only minus one once you've done yeah. it. So it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's not great, but it's not as bad as I was worried it was going to be. But from a, me- from a mechanical point of view, so the, the, the downside is that it sucks up, it basically sucks up a, a turn of your ability, which I don't think is bad at all, because I think you're planning on using your ability a lot, regularly yeah yeah as we have hinted at i think you want to be drawing quite heavily as as dexter as well so mm-hmm. the chances are you'll probably get to occult scraps but mm-hmm. just like okay well this turn rather than the shriveling coming into play and me shriveling this thing instead i'll have to sack this this asset and put the scraps in play and then next turn i sack the scraps and then the shriveling comes into play yeah i think at best you draw this in upkeep, so you have minus two willpower for Mythos, mm-hmm. and then your turn comes around and you get it down straight away and you have minus one willpower for that turn yeah. through to the next Mythos, and then you're back to full. Yeah, as you say, just a turn to deal with and, it. And, and, you know, even at minus one willpower, his willpower isn't bad. Yeah, his willpower's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. If you're using upgraded spells, your willpower's silly high anyway. I think it's just a nuisance. Yeah, And I think seeing it when you don't have anything you want to get rid of could be really irritating. Yes. It's also slotless. So there really, as far as I can tell, is no way of getting around this beyond using your ability to play it and then get it out of play. Although why would you, why you wouldn't want to get it out of play, I don't know. But yeah, if it had, say, a hand slot, you could use your ability to get it into play and then play other hand items to get rid of it. I think worth noting as well that we've seen various assets that are fast 
so far in our unboxing. And the nice thing about that is that if you're using the ability on Occult Scraps, Dexter's ability, you still can play the fast asset and get it down. You're not getting the cost reduction. But if you're in that bind and you're like, oh, and I've drawn an enemy as well, I really want to play Shriveling. It's like, okay, it's fine. I can still get the Sword Cane out. I just won't get the discount. Should we move on to some Mystic cards? Yeah, let's do it. So first up, we do have a card we've talked about at some length, the Sword Cane. Yeah, and I just want to touch on the fact as well that every Mystic card has been announced. Yes. <laughs> so it's quite possible that listeners to this cast, if you follow announcements, you'll know all of the Mystic cards already. So what we might do is add on, depending on how long we go, some of the neutral cards to this episode to take a look at them. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's quite strange to have one faction basically be out there. Is it? It's my read on Yes, it it's is, my read yeah, on this, yeah. isn't it? Uh, okay, so we have the Sword Cane. It's a two-cost asset. It has a combat pip, and it has item, relic, weapon, melee traits. Playing Sword Cane does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Reaction, after Sword Cane enters play, immediately trigger its action ability without paying its cost. And its action ability is action, exhaust Sword Cane, fight slash evade. You may use your willpower in place of your combat or your agility for this attack or evasion attempt. And it uses hand slot. So little correction there. I was saying that Sword Cane was fast. Obviously, it's not fast, but it, ignores, it doesn't provoke a tax yeah, opportunity. So yeah. you can still use it in a pinch to play when you're dealing with an enemy. You just don't get to do that fast. And I think I was thinking with Showmanship, you'd get the plus two to every test in the turn for the Sword Cane, which is true, mm. but it does exhaust. Oh, no, but ah, not immediately after you play it. Yeah. Because you'll get two uses out of it, basically. Yes, so you could prop it down, whip a, whip a person in the face with the sword cane and then evade with it or yeah. evade two enemies or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've mentioned this a lot when talking about Dexter because it is an asset that contains two sort of event abilities and it's fairly cheap, which is nice and it has a way of getting it into play even when you're bogged down. I don't know if there's more to say at the moment. I'm really excited to put it into Dexter. I mean, does it find a home anywhere else? Uh, don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's hmm. Good question. I think for a mystic who doesn't necessarily care about playing spells, mm. and I realize that sounds like an odd sentence, but in those those investigators, it could take the place of something like a blinding light, or uh, maybe even an, an ethereal form. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is, obviously, if you're playing like and Agnes, and you've got your heirloom down, or something like that. Or yeah. you've got other things triggering off playing spells. Mm. Maybe not, but if you're playing like a Sephina, who's more focused on getting money and, and using some assets and stuff, mm. maybe this fits in there. Yeah, I think you're Plus, actually you're slowly inching towards a good answer as well. Not that your answer wasn't good, but if you're playing Mind's Eye. Because yeah. if you haven't seen Mind's Eye, and you're playing that thing where you're going all in on willpower... You could find yourself floundering a bit if you draw an enemy and you don't have an easy solution for it. Yeah. And yeah. having the sword cane almost behaves then like mind's eye four and five as your panic evade or your panic fight to deal with a one health enemy until you've got mind's eye online. Yeah. I think that's how it can kind of fill out that style. You maybe play like a spell event suite and then also the sword cane and mind's eye, maybe. That could be quite fun. Art is awesome. Yeah, that's right. really good. Well, should should we, yeah, let's yeah. move straight on. Yeah. So next is Tides of Fate. This is a one-cost event with a 
wild icon. It's spell and blessed traded. Fast, play during any free trigger window or at the start of the round. So there isn't a free trigger window at the start of the round, but this gives you one. Replace all curse tokens in the chaos bag with an equal number of blessed tokens. At the end of the round, replace all blessed tokens in the chaos bag with an equal number of curse tokens. I, I got I, I was excited there because you said it was spell and blessed traded. But then you yeah. didn't say replace all cursed and blessed tokens. But they're not cursed or blessed, Peter. They're curse oh. and bless without these yeah. at the end. As fine. all careful <laughs> it's careful pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this card, there is I'm right on the edge of some combo using cards like um, Dark Ritual. Mm. But I can't quite put all the pieces together in my head. (laughs) I'm sure it's there. Yeah. Well, you said to me when this card was announced, you only replace the bless that are left in the bag by the end of the turn. Yes. So the ideal is you start the turn with 10 curse. Yes. Turn them into 10 bless. Yes. And you then take doesn't have to be 10 tests you could take a single test and hit all 10 blessed well, <laughs> you could, very unlikely, yeah, yeah. but you take many tests across your team and hit as many of those bless as possible oh. and then at the end of the turn they turn the few bless left turn into curse you said all i did say all or you use something like right of, Sancti- right of sanctification mm, yeah and the following turn, when you've only got five curse rather than ten, because five of the blesser on right of sanctification, you then play dark ritual and gra- grab the rest out. Yeah. So I guess this, in combination with some of these other bless and curse seal cards, means that you can play with all of the effects that add bless and curse to the bag, but then actually remove them or treat them as though they're not there for a while. Potentially as Dexter or anyone running this and Faustian Bargain, you play two Faustian Bargains in a turn and then immediately Tides of Fate and turn those four tokens into Bless or the following round turn those four four curse into Bless. This is what I was thinking. So so you can, I mean, minor spoilers for the blob, but on we all know there'll be a turn on the blob where everyone wants to be passing tests really well, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you could do is stack up the the bag with lots of cursed cursed tokens i'm gonna stick they're with it i don't care they're not cursed though you stack up the bag with those the turn before uh, and then you slap down tides of fate for the yeah. turn everyone needs to be on point you know maybe yeah. it's the turn where you're all piling in on the boss enemy whatever whatever scenario you're playing the ghoul priest has appeared boom tides yeah. of fate mm-hmm. um maybe that's the way to play it and then even if 10 curse, cursed tokens get added to the bag you don't care because it's the end of the scenario. Yeah. If for some reason you don't kill the enemy and it's not the end of the scenario and you've got to go another turn, yeah, that's where <laughs> if the player can play Dark Ritual, they get rid of them again if you need to. Yeah. I like I, I like that. I think that's fine. I I just like it's the it's a panic button card, right, for the turn you need it. Yes. I think we come back to I think all the rest of the cards here maybe yeah. Um, we come back to once we've got a better idea of, of curse and bless. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want to read our next one? Yeah. Uh, we have Ward of Radiance. This is a zero cost event. It has a willpower and agility pip. It is insight and blessed traited. Fast. Play when an investigator at your location draws a non weakness treachery card. Reveal five random chaos tokens from the chaos bag. If a, if a bless or elder sign token is revealed, 
cancel that treachery card's revelation effect. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is another piece in the puzzle, isn't it? Yes. If you can get enough of those tokens in the bag, potentially you've got a zero-cost cancel that doesn't give you horror, and it will protect any investigator at your location, not just you. So it's a little bit like Ward of Protection 2. Yes, but cheaper and no horror. Yeah. And, And the effect is the same. Cancel the treachery card's revelation effect. Yeah. So you're not getting a watered down Ward of Protection. You're getting a less reliable Ward of Protection. <laughs> Spot on. And I think that's that's not bad, actually, for, for a low cost. It's not a spell, which is worth noting. Yeah. Because it yeah. makes it a bit harder to find through various effects. It does, have, however, have the insight trait, which uh, is maybe a bit better if you're a bit better if you're using this in a Seeker deck. Yeah, 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 right? Does Devermis target inside? Yes. Devermis Mysterious does target inside events. However, it does no, also target spell events. A, yeah, but Devermis Mysterious also takes an action, so you wouldn't be able to trigger it. Yeah. Anyway. Unless you had knowledge is power to trigger your Devermis in Mythos. Yeah. I don't think it works. Let's get Gyre on it. Yeah. So. If you were to start the Forgotten Age, that has 13 tokens in the Chaos Bag. Just 13. So you'd get a 1 in 13 chance. No, you wouldn't because you reveal 5. So you'd have a whatever that chance is. 5 of 13 to cancel, which seems reasonable. Similarly, if you start a Systemary, you've already put two Bless into the bag and a third at the end of the first turn. So then you'd have four tokens to hit and you get five attempts at it, which isn't, again, is not too bad but really you want to go really heavily in i do like the little combination actually with tides of fate that if you've gone really heavily cursing early in the scenario then the point where you really need to cancel some things like that you suddenly turn a load of curses into blesses and it makes water radiance that little bit more likely to land yeah but it is risky definitely uh other person that might like this is jacqueline who can reveal seven random tokens yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go for it, yeah. I mean, she'll she'll help other people reveal seven as well if she's around. So that's she has a little bit more strength there. The question is, does it take the place of water protection, really? And the answer is, maybe not. No, no, it, it, with water protection, I tend to save it for the, uh, the treacheries I, I definitely want to cancel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, your ancient evils or... or or whatever things that are going to make life a lot more difficult for us, and in that yeah. situation, it's usually the cost is it's it's a delta between how bad things are going to be when it hits with taking one horror. This obviously you get the complete cancel, but I think losing the reliability really hurts. Yeah, You're, the the delta is between how bad things will be if the card hits versus how good they'll be if it doesn't hit. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, but should we jump on to the last card then, the last Mystic card? Mm, mm. I just want to note as yep. well, it's a cancel, so maybe Diana runs it as just having more cancels. Yeah, potentially, yeah. It would be interesting to see what Guardian does with Bless and Curse, because maybe she runs Guardian cards that help with Bless and then does some cancel. Right, the last card is Promise of Power. This was also announced by the Mythos Busters. It's a skill. It has Four wild icons. It's two unexpected courages combined into one. It's practice ed and curse ed. 
After you commit Promise of Power to a skill test, add one curse token to the Chaos Bag. If you cannot, take two horror instead. Okay. So notably, it's not a choice between one curse and two horror. You have to do the curse, but if you've already put ten curses in the bag, or they're, all or they're sealed. otherwise sealed, yeah. yeah, then you're taking horror instead. I I think this is I think this is okay. Yeah, I'm happy to take this. I think, like, if you imagine you draw the curse if, straight away, it's 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 just an ancient evils. <laughs> it's definitely not sorry, ancient, ancient evils. Unexpected, <laughs> unexpected courage. <laughs> Have you been running Ancient Evils instead of Unexpected Courage in your decks? It's yeah. uh, we spent this whole week, Frank, looking at these cards, and it's uh, there's a lot of cards floating around in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agreed. <laughs> what, 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 what's your take? I, I think it's good. I, I think same. To be honest, same. I'd rather take the two horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but that you yeah. don't get an option. Yeah, I like that you can still play this even if there are no curses. I think that's a really nice extra detail for. There'll be there'll be teams that just go all in on cursing because they don't care about it, and this is still a committable card, which is fine. I think it really what it is is you get plus four now for a later minus two, yeah, and that's a really nice thing to weigh up as a player. Yeah, how important is the test I'm taking now? How much do I make desperate to pass it? And how much will I be able to handle drawing a minus two later? Yeah. Because actually the ideal in a way is that you pull that minus two straight away and you get rid of it. And this gives you a plus two to get rid of that, you know, but at that point you may as well run unexpected courage. Well, I mean, there's every chance that you were, you were four below when you took this test. So yeah. you're like, I desperately need to pass this test and I think I can pass. So say you're taking like yeah. a combat test test as Daisy. Yeah, And you're like, well, I can handle the cursed on an intellect test, but I really need to pass this test. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it gets delicious, because not all tests are made the same. They're not the same stat. Your your statistic is not the same when you go into it. A plus four for, say, a shriveling when you've already got willpower six isn't that useful. But yeah. then when it's the agility test that's going to kill you, you might really want the plus four. So that's where I think it's really nice and it really feeds into the flavour of Promise of Power, where you're sort of giving the chance to wear it up. I think if you're just going for pure power, you might weirdly not want to run this because it it adds, it bakes uncertainty down the line. And then, of course, the other thing to mention, which has come up a lot for us in terms of Bless and Curse, if it's the last turn or nearly the last turn, you just go for it. You pass the big test and it doesn't, you know... You don't take trauma for how many <laughs> famous last words. I can hear it. I can see it even as I'm saying it. You don't take trauma for how many curse tokens you end the scenario in the bag. Like, I bet there's going to be a scenario that punish you in some way <laughs> yeah. for how many curses yeah. there are. But as far as we know at the moment, you can, you know, you may as well finish the game with 10 curses in the bag if you can, because the bag doesn't care. The bag resets. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Should we do the neutral card? Yeah, let's do the neutral now as well. So we have uh, Tempt Fate. It is a zero-cost event, and it has a single wild pip. Fortune, mm. Blessed and Cursed. Fast, oh. play during any uh, free trigger window. Add three curse tokens to the Chaos Bag. Then add three blessed tokens to the Chaos Bag and draw one card. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a minor point of... Uh, terminology, if you can't add the curse tokens to the bag, you don't add the blessed tokens or draw the card. Then, Yeah, good point. This feels like it's a, it's a real bless slash curse 
utility card. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah. you, if you're if you're playing with one or two of those effects, this is a really nice way of because effectively this is it, the reason it draws a card is because it's almost totally neutral in what it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fast as well, which is nice. It, it's got all the trademarks of a good utility card, which is that mm-hmm. it replaces itself. It's fast and it doesn't cost any resources. Mm-hmm. So to an extent, play basically any time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. You know what? It's it's almost even worth putting in your deck. It's deck thinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you just slap it in there, and it's like your deck is two cards smaller than it was. Mm. Well, here you go. Then every time you add versatile, you should add two temp fate. Uh, <laughs> but 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 the shout. yeah the, the three curse and the three bless. If you're playing at all with any of those abilities, I think you seriously look at this card. Mm-hmm. So straight off the top of my head. We're seeing it might turn on Ward of Radiance for you because it's adding more possible blesses to hit. Yep. It makes Tide of Fate, is that what it's called? Yes, I think so. Tides of Fate. Tides of Fate better as well because you remove the three curse and then get three more bless for the turn, which is kind of nice. It means Token of Faith is better because you've got three curses to turn into more blesses, which is good. What am I missing? Those are the big ones so far, aren't they? Yeah. So straight away, yeah. It just is fuel for it. Oh, and Dark Ritual. You can seal those curses away again straight away if you wanted to, if you're really worried about them. Yeah, I like it. I think it's exactly as you say, just sort of fodder for that style. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah I need to make sure I have enough Bless and Curse. I mean, you even, because you can play it in any free trigger window, you could play it in the free trigger window after the first player has resolved their encounter card. And if you're thinking, I've got Ward of Radiance in hand... I know that we've not seen Ancient Evils yet and I'd quite like to cancel it. You play a couple of Temp Fates and slew some Blessed Tokens into the bag just to give you that extra chance. Does it make it better? If you had 10 tokens in the bag, one of which was the Elder Sign, you'd have a you'd have five chances to get that. So it's like a it's essentially 50% chance, isn't it? Yeah, but aren't you... And then if you turn the bag into 16... As well. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering. That's exactly what I'm wondering. Does, does adding the three curses actually detract... Because then you're revealing five cards of 16 rather than five cards of 10. But you have four targets in that five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt. Okay, yeah, I think I think there's not much more to say about it. So we're also going to look at one of the basic weaknesses now. And this is an enemy weakness, a cursed follower. Basic weakness, two fight, two health, two evade, humanoid culted, cultist and cursed. Spawn, location farthest from you. Aloof, forced at the end of the enemy phase. Add one curse token to the chaos bag. Hits for a damage and a horror. There's two of these to add to the basic weakness pool. Yeah, oof. Spawn, location furthest from you, and aloof. And then a forced effect is is a really nasty (laughs) set of abilities to have. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. If it was adding doom, this would be horrendous. Yeah. If it if it sits with the doom and a bounty on it, you know it's maybe the mildest enemy weakness in the game. <laughs> Everyone's favourite, yeah, Tony's <laughs> Quarry. I'm glad you mentioned Tony's Quarry because that exactly explains why this is a problem and Tony's Quarry, quarry isn't. Yeah, because Tony's Quarry, you're like, okay, I've lost. We've lost a round because of that doom, and we can add up how many actions it would take for Tony to move to that location, engage the enemy, and kill it. Versus how many actions we're losing from the doom. Yeah. And almost always you go, we don't care. Aside Whereas from all the times, it turns up on the witching hour anyway. 
Yeah, exactly. Or it's about better. To, yeah. The, the yeah. location's about to disappear or something. Exactly, yeah. For this, if you don't go and deal with it, it's just keeping that ticking up of curse, which is horrible. Yes. If you're already leaning into curse, maybe you don't care. If you're dark ritualing, you maybe wait for a couple of turns and then dark ritual the curses away, or you tides of fate them when they get really bad. But if you know you have this weakness and you don't have an easy solution for it, yeah, horrible. Great target for get over here. Is that what it's called? One of the new Nathaniel cards, because that allows you to engage and fight, and you get to choose a location at your location or a connecting location, or uh, the upgraded version is up to two locations away. You can pick an enemy and you pull them over to you. So it compresses all the things you need to just pull your cursed follower over and kill. I think that's a really good solution to a really horrid weakness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. I, I do think it has got the potential to be to be pretty rough. Because um, mm. that, unless you're using what what did we just look at? Tides of tides of fate, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Wait till you've ticked up to 10, 10 bless tokens and then play Tides of Fate. Sorry, 10 curse tokens and play Tides of Fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. you're passing all your tests. Mm-hmm. And we will see with one of the Seeker cards, it's one of the Seeker cards that was announced, there is a card that wants you to get to 10 curse. So yes. yeah. there yeah, might there be situations where someone has the accursed follower as their basic weakness and the seekers going, Don't don't get rid of them, they're not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Potentially. Okay, cool. So yeah, so that's one of the basic weaknesses as well. Thanks very much for listening and stay tuned because in the next couple of days we've got more unboxings of Innsmouth to come. Yeah. Thanks Thank very you. much for listening. Cheers. Bye. Bye.